Hello. Thank you for joining me today. This is Deb Cardi, and you are listening to Chicken Coop Botanicals Podcast. I thank you for joining me today here in the Chicken Coop. It is very wet, very rainy. Uh, spring is um, challenging this year, I will say. My mother-in-law just informed me this afternoon that we haven't had this much rain in Western Oregon in 96 years. And we have had about 50 inches uh, over this last four months or so. And uh, Astoria, Oregon, which is on the coast, had double that, which is just crazy. However, the theme for this week's podcast is don't wish your life away. That is a phrase my grandmother used to say to me throughout my entire childhood because I constantly was thinking, well, call I wish it was summer, or I wish I was a teenager, or I wish I was out of the house, or I wish, I wish, I wish. And she would just look at me and smile her very knowing, wise woman smile and say, don't wish your life away. This could be the best time you'd have in your entire life, and you would have wished it away. So I've been thinking that quite a lot on these rainy days. Because to me, it's all about being present and having to look at this as we're so lucky to have all this rain, even though it is definitely uh, inhibiting my ability to be outside in the garden. um, It's just way too wet to be digging about. In August, we're going to have plenty of water for everyone all around. And there are so many wonderful green uh, herbs and weeds popping up. The energy of their growth is there, even without the sun. They're, you know, they may not be, um, the flowers may not be opening quite as quickly as I'm used to. However, their growth is vibrant. And in fact, I am looking out at my fading uh, flowering cherry It is so beautiful this year, and even though we've had all this rain, we haven't had the wind that often accompanies this kind of rain. And at this point, I'm actually seeing a whole new sight, because usually our very large flowering cherry, which if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen photos of it recently, uh, it opens up, we anticipate its opening, It's a tree that really is the center point of a side yard for both that both my husband and I enjoy and my in-laws who live next door to us enjoy since the tree's actually in their yard. (laughs) Um, We all anticipate its opening and then we get like two or three days of just this beautiful, brilliant pink. And then the winds and rain come along and it just rains a carpet of uh, pale pink petals all underneath on the on the grass. However, this is now into the second week of just beautiful pink. And as the petals have stayed on the tree, they're just fading to a lighter and lighter pink. And new spring growth of the leaves are now joining in the color scheme. And it's absolutely gorgeous. 
So as I speak to you into this microphone, that is the focal point of what I'm looking at, which is quite beautiful today on a rainy, rainy day. If you received my newsletter, uh, you know why you didn't get a podcast last week. (laughs) Here I get all gung-ho on back to the weekly podcast recording and then got struck down with this terrible cold that's really been going around. It just, it is a cold slash flu that just seems to be mimicking this weather, boggy and cold and achy and just doesn't want to go away because it's really hard to dry things out when you're not dry. (laughs) So I'm finally feeling much better. Um, I talked a little bit about uh, the things that I feel that are super helpful for cold and flu in the newsletter this week. So uh, it's this month. I send out a monthly newsletter and you can sign up on the Chicken Coop Botanicals website. I send it out each month on the new moon and it is a smattering of uh, talk about new products. There's always some kind of special coupon or free shipping that's just for newsletter subscribers. Talks a little bit about what's happening in the seasons. Um, Little things that you might not read on uh, the blog, which needs to get active again. (laughs) Um, You're not hearing on the podcast. Uh, It's more the bigger picture, I guess, of of things. So make sure to sign up for that. Uh, However, I will duplicate myself just a little bit because I do want to talk about what to do with the colds and the flus and uh, all these boggy springtime illnesses. It's also allergy season. And honestly, I take a lot of the same things for um, what I would use for my cold that I used to take when I had allergies. If you have seasonal allergies, hay fever and the like, I will tell you right now what cured mine and I am a, was a lifetime sufferer of hay fever. And if I would get three different items near me that I was allergic to, I would start to get asthma and had terrible asthma as a child. Nettles. Nettles is that miracle herb for me. Um, I always knew that if I took nettles throughout the year that I would have a much easier time with hay fever. But I would always forget about it until right during, you know, my terrible bouts with hay fever. And at that point, it's almost too late. It's still wonderful and it's still um, very healthy and good for your body. But when you're in acute uh, fit of hay fever and you're sneezing and your eyes are red and you can't breathe and all those miserable things, it's a little late for the nettles. The nettles should be eaten fresh, should be drank as tea, used in soups, however, um, however you enjoy having nettles um, all year long. And I finally started taking them because they are full of silica and wonderful for hair growth. And I had been very stressed and was pulling out handfuls of hair. And so I decided to start drinking nettle tea every day. And 
you know, it, sometimes I just enjoy a cup of warm nettles, um, but often I will mix it with rose. Nettle rose is lovely or with Tulsi or anything, really. It doesn't matter what your combination is. Um, my One of my favorites that I have on the website is called Balance, and it's a wonderful daily tea, and it's nettles, Tulsi, and alfalfa. And it is full of minerals. Um, nettles, as I said, is very helpful um, in combating uh, hay fever because uh, it helps open your um, cells in your chest. It helps um, oxygenate and it's nourishing. It's such a nourishing uh, plant. It's so full of nutrition. Alfalfa is full of protein and more nutrients. And then, of course, Tulsi is an adaptogen. And it goes into your body and it's like, oh, this area looks like it would like a little help. I'll just support these organs over here. And it all three combined together really help as a preventative um, tea just to keep you healthy. It's a, just a wonderful wellness tea and it tastes darn good. I'm actually enjoying some right now with a little bit of rose added in there because I just love the flavor. And Tulsi is a sweeter herb, as is, um, even though rose is an astringent herb, it still has a sweet flavor. And with the two of those in there, I'd find that I don't need any sweetener at all. However, um, when I was feeling so just down and just this cold was really getting me, I was uh, drinking lots of the Tulsi nettle and alfalfa tea with in some of my Monarda infused honey, which was really that Monarda is wonderful for bringing stuff up out of the chest. I also was using OSHA tincture, which um, that is not something that I have in the shop, although I did buy some plants this year. So I look forward to um, being able to harvest my own OSHA in a few years. But um, OSHA is mainly from the Rocky Mountains, and it is not something that is local to me, but um, I find that it is very, very helpful um, for me. So um, Shamana Flora um, has had OSHA tincture, or I'm sorry, elixir in the past. And I just finished up my bottle, so happily I am feeling much healthier now. <laughs> um, Reishi mushroom, wonderful medicinal mushrooms, uh, is another that I was taking daily. And then, you know, just plain having some chicken broth. Um, I always have chicken broth in my freezer and making healing soups with lots of spring greens. That's where those nettles come in in the spring. I had said, talked about eating them fresh, but um, the stinging hairs on nettles uh, make it a little hard to just put them in your mouth. Now I have done that. I took a class from Susan Weed, who is a master herbalist, many, many years ago. And one of the things that she pretty much had to force me to do, and it was so eye-awakening, was to pick the nettles with my bare hand and put it in my mouth and chew. And I was horrified. I didn't want to do that. And she's like, she just pretty much yelled at me, you do it right now. And so I was so forceful and I picked it and I put it in my mouth and I chewed it and I felt completely fine. Now, if I had brushed 
along those leaves and I had brushed those leaves along my mouth, I would not have felt so fine because those little tiny hairs would have just um, elicited their acid, which is wonderful if you ha are have some rheumatism, um, even for arthritis, if you um, uh, brush those uh, stinging hairs against sore joints, it actually is very healing, but not in your mouth. <laughs> so when I say fresh, um, I tend to go out with gloves and clippers and pick my nettles and then I will put them, chop them and then put them into a soup. I love the wonderful fresh green minerally taste of nettles. Um, fiddlehead season is over, but a favorite soup of mine at the beginning of spring, kind of mid to early March is the tightly curled up spring fiddleheads, which is the flower, the leaf bud of the ferns just before they open up. You're able to put those into a soup or else marinate them and have them as a salad. All these wonderful spring emergence of plants brings that emergence of energy and blood cleansing and awakening our systems to this new season. It's kind of to wake up our stagnant winter bodies. However, <laughs> when you have such a dreary dark spring that we've been having, um, it's hard sometimes to uh, get out and get those wonderful spring weeds picked. But this is the time because with all this rain, they are plentiful chickweed and cleavers and dandelion oh my all of these along with nettles bring wonderful minerals up from deep in the earth and what a wonderful way to enjoy them but to have them in soups or to um, pick them when they're young and chop them into a salad when they're young they're nice and sweet have you ever tasted a newly bloomed dandelion blo blossom? It's actually very sweet. Once they've been open for a while, they turn bitter, but that's the perfect time to pick them and dry them and use them for something else. I make my healthy breast oil out of the dandelion blossoms and I let I pick them when they're fully in bloom and allow them to dry and then um, immerse them in oil. And dandelion, in addition to being a blood purifier and full of wonderful spring minerals, is also a lymphatic, meaning that it helps move the fluids through your body. So it's a wonderful breast oil. Being able to keep that any kind of breast cancer at bay, prevention is always best. So uh, that is my glass half full, uh, don't wish your life away <laughs> conversation for today. Oh boy, as I look out here, it's this rain is so funny because we'll get in little dribbles and then all of a sudden there'll be this huge downpour and then it's light again. And right now it's just lightly raining and even though it is completely gray, there's a wonderful light coming through the clouds. So it's these little things that I look forward to on a rainy day. It's just feeling the light on my head. 
I'm not sure that I talked about our little bunny. I think I may have mentioned her last week. Her name's Coco. She isn't really ours. She's her own rabbit. <laughs> I think she doesn't really belong to much of anyone any longer. She uh, was a pet at our neighbor's house, and they decided she could just live outdoors which means she lives more over at our place than she does there since we have so many other animals. And she now, uh, I keep finding her coming out of the chicken coop because she's decided that she's going to enjoy their meal and she can go in there on these rainy days and stay dry. I keep waiting for the morning when I open up the chicken coop and she hops out with the chickens, which is always a possibility. <laughs> she tried to go up and become friends with one of them and got a peck on the head the other day, but I saw her nose to beak with a very friendly chicken this morning, which made me happy. So she has lots of friends over here. It's pretty hilarious. We tend to have just strange little animals attach themselves to us, and it seems to be one a season. Now, this doesn't count for deer. We always have a family of deer here every year. And then the next year, those deer will bring their children. And so we've had generations come through here and they know that they're welcome and they know they're going to get old apples thrown out of the orchard for them. We had a few over the years that have eaten apples right out of my husband's hand. And even though we cannot leave any kind of garden gates open when they're around, I just love, I love seeing them. But in addition to the deer, um, this year, as I've said, we have this rabbit. Last year's pet was a wild turkey. She, we had a real problem winter before last with um, coyotes coming down and eating our geese and stealing away chickens. It was very heartbreaking. Well, one day into the yard walked a wild turkey and she definitely had some um, scruffy looking feathers. I think that the coyotes had probably attacked and she was the only one left. And so she hung out with us for most of the summer. She, uh, turkeys, uh, wild turkeys are so different than domestic. We've definitely had domestic before and they are the stupidest birds I've ever seen. <laughs> Um, they will just sit on top of their food and poop into it and just not even realize that that's something you shouldn't do. But the wild turkey would not go, she would go in and eat food, but she would not sleep indoors. She wanted to sleep on top of the chicken coop. Well, that was pretty a pretty sad sight the first night that she stayed here. Uh, our chicken coop has a metal roof. <laughs> And so she jumped up and I hear the skittering and the sliding as she went sliding right off of the roof. So for the months that she lived with us, she ended up sleeping on top of our house, which uh, was fine because that was uh, last summer. We had some rainy days mixed in with uh, the warmth. So we had the roof cleaned. It would have been pretty ugly if it was a dry summer. <laughs> But she would just hang out with the chickens and they didn't know quite what to make of her. And she got a little bit bullying um, towards some of them. She was trying to be the dominant bird. So she regretted that later when none of them wanted to hang out with her and she was trying to find a friend. <laughs> but um, 
She was just kind of adorable in her clunky way. She would sun herself by uh, sleeping right at our back door and kind of leaning up against the glass so that she could get the full amount of heat on herself. And then one day she was gone. It was, we just kind of kept looking and looking. And I think she just finally felt safe enough and healed enough that she was ready to move on to other things. Um, a couple years before that, we had had a pigeon fly up from the city. That was a strange one. Uh, we've never seen a pigeon up here at all. And uh, Pidge lived with us for about five months. We even built a little house for her on the um, end of, of our house. So we still have Pidge's house <laughs> above our back door. And she would spend the night there every night. She would come down and coo at the chickens. And uh, they just didn't know what to make of her either. And she wanted to be friends, but they really weren't having it. I think they were just jealous because she could fly around and they couldn't. Uh, Pitch one day, at when she was feeling ready to head back to the city, came out to the garden and flew around me about three times and then flew off. She'd never done that before. She just wanted to say goodbye, and we've never seen her again. So each year at about this time, I look to see who is going to be the visitor for this year. And this year it's Miss Coco. So we'll see um, how long she sticks around. We always worry about her because of all the little predators that you can find nearby and she's a sweet little rabbit and I hope she doesn't get too trusting and try to become best friends with a raccoon <laughs> but for now we're very happy that um, we are getting to have her company right here with us. I had also mentioned last week um, that I was going to be working on some online classes. Well this is another thing with no light it's kind of hard <laughs> to uh, do some recording. Um, and the background is definitely going to be simple, but um, I don't want it to be very dreary. That just sounds um, not very fun or enlightening for <laughs> to have um, gardening classes or even indoor classes talking about um, herbs and um, some of these classes are, I'm very excited about, are going to be making products so that you can learn how to make your own salves, how to make your own lip balms. Um, there's definitely plenty of, of places to learn to do these, but um, I just thought I would add my own interpretation of kind of why I choose the plants I do and um, what are the steps that I go through to make uh, various um, wellness products that I make but I think it'll be a lot more fun if it's even if it's not completely sunny it's nice to have some light in the sky for more than five minutes you know <laughs> so that is something that is still coming up and I do have to say that uh, this weather lends towards writing I have been doing a lot of writing and outlines and worksheets and um and plus, this is a perfect time to work on orders. So uh, this week, I had a lot of fun downtown at Wyden and Kennedy, which is a big advertising firm in Portland, Oregon. And uh, I was invited to bring in a pop-up shop so that uh, employees could take a break 
uh, in the afternoon and I had chai for him and I'd made some wonderful um, little truffles and then they could uh, look at look at and try samples of um, different products. I have a lot of new salves on the website right now and so I love uh, these kind of uh, connections with people where I can have samples out for everyone to try and I can talk to people about what I'm making and um, answer questions. It's, it's pretty cool. I love doing that. I'm actually going to be putting together some salve samplers for the website. Um, I love, my niece is my photographer, and if you've perused the website, you've seen her beautiful, beautiful photography. And when I take a picture and upload it, it looks like a sore thumb sticking out. <laughs> and so I've decided I'm just going to wait until um, she's back from her vacation um, to uh, give her some of these small containers uh, to uh, be able to post the self samplers. But make sure to head over there and check out kind of what I've been up to. They're a lot of fun. I really like the salves because it's something that um, you can keep in your purse or in your backpack, your back pocket. And uh, where having an oil or a spray, one of um, the products that I've recently developed is um, a bug bomb. And it's an insect repellent. I've been working on the formulation with a woman that... Um, rescues racehorses and she was looking for um, to recreate um, a spray that she's used in the past but she wanted me to create it as a salve uh, partly because it's so expensive to be sending you know anything through the mail these days but um, salves way less um, also both for animals and for people it's using a salve versus the spray is going to stay on quite a bit longer than um, than a spray and if you're a horse and you're rolling around the salve will stay on longer <laughs> um, another uh, salve that i've just put in the shop is called heal your ink and because of where i live um, there are a lot of people that I know that are always have wonderful new tattoos. And I know that when I had my tattoo um, first put on, I would have liked to have had this salve. And I was thinking about it at the time. Um, I used an oil that is pretty similar to what this salve is. But I decided to create this with the idea that um, you have new ink and you've got that tender sensitive skin and rubbing this salve on it will be very healing. It's also really, really wonderful and soothing um, for scar tissue. And um, so it is going to be very helpful for after surgery, um, any kind of, of rough scarring that you might have. This will help in long-term healing for it. Last year, for the month of March, I chose an herb for each week of the month, and I wrote every day, kind of in a free writing style, every day for one week about a chosen plant. And then in April, I was part of uh, Cynthia Morris's 
online free writing class and um, she sends out prompts when she does these classes and I, I think she has stopped doing them now but she would send out an email prompt each day of the month and you're encouraged to um, write about you know whatever this prompt brings out in you but give yourself a minimum of 15 minutes to write about something to do with this prompt and the way that I chose to do it was each day of the month of April I would have a plant and I would somehow use her prompt to um, move forward with my writing about one plant every day of the month and I loved it it was so it was a good challenge um, I really uh, I really try to write every day, um, but sometimes I fail in that. And I find that when I do, especially in the morning, that it just sets me on the in the right mood for the rest of the day. It's definitely a form of meditation, and it opens up my eyes to the entire world when I'm writing. Um, when I'm writing, I definitely am not part of anything except for me, the pen and the paper. But when I finish, I find that I'm much more observant about everything for the rest of the day. And I've been thinking that with May coming up, that I am going to start this again. And so I would like to bring this challenge to you. Not necessarily that you're going to write about plants every day, but what about choosing a subject and writing about one aspect of a subject for 15 minutes every day of the month of May? And um, I'm going to have to think up a good hashtag for this because I think it would be wonderful uh, for us to um, maybe participate in something on Instagram or Facebook. I will definitely put on um, both those spaces uh, this idea and anyone that wants to participate. Um, I guess the only way that I'm saying we should share is just to give, you know, 31 days of, of writing. Um, maybe that's the hashtag, 31 days of writing in May. And uh, I will definitely put that up both those spots, but um, I think just the way of of participating would just this is definitely something for you to do for yourself and if you would like to share that not necessarily what you wrote but just you know hey today you know I I'm participating in 31 days of writing May and you know you might want to say what you know your subject is that you're writing about all month and you might not um but for me, it is um, going to definitely be about plants and um, choosing a new one each day. And when I did this last year, I had so much fun because the only thing that I knew each day was, this is the plan I'm going to write about tomorrow. But I would start writing and in on some days it was very scientific, like Rosa Ragosa, and this is a plant that's an astringent, and it's cooling, and it's calming, and all the all the more um, scientific and earthbound reasons why this is a wonderful plant. And then on another day, 
I was talking about uh, the beauty of indigo and how much I love to dye with it. And another day I really was not feeling creative and I was writing, I don't even remember which plant this was, but I was just started making a list of all the different um types of healing medicines that I could make with this one plant. And often I find if I start making lists that it leads my thoughts into something else. Um, I had a story going for some of the plants and um, this entire exercise led to um, doing some writings more fully after the month was over and going back and fleshing out more of what I was writing about some of the plants. And um, I kind of had a back burner project of creating some little zines about individual plants um, and making products just for that collection. And um, I haven't quite gotten those out into the public venue yet, but it's still stewing around in my head <laughs> and definitely in some files on the computer. <laughs> so what would that be for you that you would, what kind of subject would you choose to write about for an entire month for 31 days? Is there one subject or would one subject lead to another one for you? Um, I can think of uh, knitting friends of mine that might choose um, a different project to write about each month. And it may be memories of special projects that you've knit for people. Um, 31 days of writing memories might be an amazing topic. I mean, God, just thinking about special things that I've done in my childhood. Um, 31 days of travel for travel stories, travels that you've taken and travels that you'd like to um, go on in the future. It might help spur you on towards a wonderful summer trip. 31 days in the garden, 31 days in your kitchen. And I can think of, I mean, I could literally write 31 days of a tomato, no problem. <laughs> um, but I think that I am going to, um, I think that where last year, ahead of time, I took a calendar and I chose all of my plants ahead of in the month. And so each day I wasn't thinking about the plant until I, you know, I picked up the, the calendar and it's like, okay, this is the day that I'm going to write about St. John's Wort. And I'd sit down and that was my subject for the day. Um, this year, I'm kind of... Actually, even as I think this, I don't know if it will be a good idea or not because it might take too much time away from the writing, but I kind of like the spontaneity of what what plant is going to come writing out of my pen today and not choose anything until it's there. So what an extra challenge would be if you choose to do this, and I'm not sure that I'm choosing to, I just thought of it and I'm just throwing it out there. Um, what about a drawing? What about having some kind of doodle or drawing that goes with this 31 day challenge of writing? So illustrated writings, 15 minute writing and a drawing. Is that too much? <laughs> Um, the beauty of choosing my plants ahead, I'm totally thinking out loud now, would be that I could have that plant with me while I write and be drinking it as a tea or make something with it and be eating it. So if you're a cook, 
Um, what about making some delicious um, soup or pie or something and then write about that recipe? You could create a cookbook right there from scratch. I may do this in the future. <laughs> what a great way to, to have your writing time if you're eating what you're writing about. Um, I just am feeling all this creative energy and I know that next month, I know we will have sun. I'm just going to positively think this. I know, don't wish my life away. <laughs> but um, I feel like getting up early, drinking my tea, doing my writing, uh, that 15, that's 15 minutes I will not be on the computer, but it really won't cut into my day. So this is where the idea of writing practices start. And I feel that free writing is such a wonderful daily writing practice. Even if you don't see yourself as a writer per se, as I said, this is a kind of meditation and sorry, I just saw that little bunny rabbit go by. <laughs> um, sitting here right now, I have to digress for a moment because as I've been talking, I've been just watching the chickens wandering under that flowering cherry and the ducks were taking a nap and then they got up and are wandering around. And just now the little bunny hopped by my door window. <laughs> and these are the things that when I'm working out here in the chicken coop that um, I just love how I'm just kind of one with the natural world all around me right now. There's little robins that have been swooping around the chickens. I think that there must be some good worms in the grass because uh, the robins seem quite as interested as much as the, um, as the chickens right now are in whatever is going on out there. But I do digress. I did want to just finish um, my thoughts on this because I think it is a really wonderful exercise um, to bring mindfulness to starting your day. And if you have kids, if they're old enough, have them participate too. This is a wonderful time. I mean, I think of it in when Gino, my stepson was a little boy, we would have reading time and everyone read. Everyone chose a book and everyone read. And there were times when we read together, but there's also that um, learning to read on your own and having your own quiet space. I look at writing or drawing or, you know, painting any of these as those are just wonderful family um, experiences. So to start their day, get up a little early or and maybe this will be an afternoon um, activity for you. I know for myself that I do better um, to start my day with writing. Um, and often when I do, if I'm really on a subject that I can't let go of, it becomes an all day thing. But um, I think that whenever you do it, having this as a family activity where everyone chooses either their own subject or what fun to throw out a subject you think would be of interest to everyone in the family and everyone writes about it in their own way and then shares their writing. That could be just an amazing activity to do together. So I hope that some of you will join me and uh, for 31 writing days in May 
and uh, we will I'll talk more about this next week. Are you familiar with the website Brain Pickings? It's by Maria Popova and it's just a really interesting website and there's all kinds of different subjects that she talks about. But my mother emailed me a link to one of her articles. It's a book review and it is such an interesting book. I really look forward to picking this up. Beatrix Potter, A Life in Nature by Linda Lear. And I will definitely link to this article in uh, the show notes uh, on the on the podcast webpage so that you can uh, read this article as well as uh, be able to link to the book. Uh, Beatrix Potter, as I'm sure everyone knows, was the was the author and illustrator of Peter Rabbit, <clears throat> the tales of Peter Rabbit. She also was just such an amazing illustrator um, for many children's books and um, was also a gardener and um, had a wonderful, wonderful farm that she lived on for 40 years. And I really enjoyed reading this article because it wasn't just um, the review of this book, but it also talked about the fact that she owned her own property um, in an era where women were not allowed to vote, where um, it was unseemly really for women to think that they could um, go to college or be part of the men's world of scholarly endeavors. And I, in reading this article, I learned for the first time that she was a lover of mushrooms and fungi of all sorts. And this was the reason my mother sent me this uh, link to this article, because I also do love uh, me some mushrooms. <laughs> I do not have these kind of illustration skills at all. Um, I love every once in a while to draw, but I have to say there's nothing that I draw that I want anyone else to see. <laughs> it's not not beautiful in the way that Beatrix Potter um, created these amazing, amazing drawings of the, and then paintings of these uh, mushrooms. And that is the subject of this book. In her 20s, um, she was not able to go to university to learn about mycology, but she was an amateur mycologist and she um, sought out uh, different scholars and professors that um, found one that was willing to educate her. And then just in her observance of the world around her, just as she did with Tales of Peter Rabbit, um, created these gorgeous renderings. So I really look forward to diving into this book. And that is my uh, book suggestion for this week. And if you pick it up, um, do let me know. And I would love to start a conversation with anyone that's delving into um, this this story about her. And I just think it's going to be more than just Beatrix Potter and her illustrations of mushrooms. I mean, this is an era in um, the early 1900s. Beatrix Potter was born in 1866 and lived until 1943. And this was, she lived during a pretty hard era, two world wars and uh, a lot of 
of rights that that women did not have. And yet look at her success, that she was able uh, to be an author that made a living from that and bought property with it. So I think this is going to be a really, really interesting uh, book. And as I say, if you pick it up, uh, let's let's go on Goodreads and uh, read this together. I think this would be very interesting uh, to look at. Um, one more thing that I did want to talk about, um, and this is going to be for anyone that is listening today, the 27th, because this is something that the signups end tomorrow, the 28th. Um, and I will make sure to to go on our Facebook group and, and mention this too. But um, Asia Suler, who is the owner of One Willow Apothecary, uh, is from the South. She's down in Asheville, North Carolina, I believe. Uh, she has created the most beautiful online program. And signups, as I said, in tomorrow. Uh, it is an eight-week program that is completely contained within that eight weeks. So she's really wanting group participation. And uh, it is intuitive uh, I, Intuitive herbalism isn't necessarily uh, all that it is. The title of the course is Intuitive Plant Medicine. And it is, there's definitely going to be classes there um, teaching medicine making, but she's going to be delving deep into flower essences and plant journey work. Um, there'll be some botany. Uh, there'll be a ton of magic. And although there's many things that I already do on a regular basis, her teachings are magical and she's bringing in some guest teachers as well that I've always um, been interested in taking um, classes from or just listening to them speak. So I decided to sign up for this because every, every bit of knowledge is just another layer and I love learning. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> have some subject that I'm delving deep into. But I just wanted to put that out there. I'm not an affiliate or have any um, any benefit of this other than um, I just think that I don't want anyone else to miss out on this. If you um, are able to uh, sign up for this, she has um, different different uh, payment methods and um, just go check it out. Even if you're not able to take this class from her, um, I highly recommend any of the work that you might be interested in that Asia is doing. And she has a lot of free videos on YouTube. So definitely check her out there. I will link to um, the class uh, course link in um, the show notes page. And um, I highly recommend her monthly newsletter. So... I just think that that's going to have to end us for today. And I thank you for joining me visiting here at the Chicken Coop. Um, I will be back next week and hopefully visiting with you on a nice dry spring day. And uh, for this week, um, I hope that um, you are staying healthy. And if you're not, go make some chicken soup. It's so darn good for you. You can always find me on Instagram as Debacardi. It's D-E-B-A-C-C-U-A-R-D-I. 
and um, there is a Chicken Coop Botanicals Facebook group. Well, it's a page, <laughs> more than a group. And uh, the, please do sign up for the monthly newsletter. You can find that on the website. Thank you again for joining me, and I wish you green blessings in this week ahead.